0: Welcome to the Faith Crisis Coach Podcast. This show is my love letter to all of the people going through a faith crisis and transition that feel alone and like your world is falling apart. I've been there. As an all-in eighth-generation Latter-day Saint, a faith crisis was the last thing I expected or wanted. But now, my life, my mental health, my relationships, my self-image All of that is so much better because of how I leveraged my faith crisis. I'm your host, Josie Johnson, certified trauma-informed life coach and happy faith crisis graduate. If you want to grow through this experience, not just go through it, listen in. Good morning, my faith crisis friends. Hello. (laughs) It is 6 a.m. I am headed out on a plane in about Four hours to go to Park City for a coaching retreat. I'm so excited about that. I have had to figure out fall fashion, which is hilarious because I live in Phoenix <laughs> and it is like 107. It's been like 107. It's rained. So it's been closer to like, it's went down to about 95 recently. But like we're still, it's still burning up over here. And I looked at the weather for Park City and it's in the 50s. So I had like a little mini freak out, but it's fine because I'm excited about fall fashion. So I'm going to wear the jean jacket, the big cardigan, all the things. It's going to be great. So I'm leaving for Park City, but I wanted to get this podcast out and recorded for you. So today we're talking about the term faith crisis, and there's lots of opinions on this term. I want to explain where I'm coming from when I use it. I also want to address the typical three terms that are used to describe this experience that we all are talking about. So faith crisis, faith transition, faith deconstruction. Um, We're going to talk about all of them. And then mostly I'm going to talk about terminology in general and why our words matter. I hope by the end of this episode that you feel empowered to use the language that you prefer during your faith crisis, transition, deconstruction, and that you feel confident in how you're using language. So I want to start by saying our words really matter. (laughs) They really matter. And we've been taught this since children, that our words matter. Use please and thank you, for example, Don't swear if you grew up in the church, right? There was a whole section on language in the First strength of youth. (laughs) So we know that our words matter. What I want to teach you is that our thoughts about words is why they matter. Okay. So in their essence, words, language is just a collection of sounds. It's just a collection of sounds put together. Letters, put together and then we all agree to have the same thoughts about these collections of sounds and letters. Okay? So, we've decided that the word apple, the sounds that make up the word apple, a p p l e, put them together and that signifies that type of fruit, right? Flower. In English it's very confusing <laughs> because we have the same word for multiple things, but flour could be baking flour, that white powder. I'm not talking about drugs. (laughs) That was such a Mormon thing to say. Oh my gosh, I love myself. But I'm talking about the flowers that I'm looking at at my desk because I like having fresh flowers on my desk. And I have these beautiful like, spray blush pink roses. And they are in this clear glass vase with lots of lines around the vase. The glass blower like made lots of beautiful divots in this vase. So the pattern is beautiful. It's just this dark green, lots of leaves against this blush. So if I use language, I can really d- describe something. And you're, what you're envisioning, because of how you interpret the language I just said, is not the same as what I'm looking at. <laughs> and you know that language is limited. Because you know that the way I just described these roses cannot possibly insert this picture that I'm looking at on my desk of these roses into your head, right? So our thoughts about words matter. As a society, we've just decided that we are going to convey ideas by using the same sounds over and over and over again. So we've decided and we've kind of agreed to this collective definition of these different ideas and items and things that exist. And we have our own personal thoughts and experiences with words. So for example, with the word crisis, some people think that it's dramatic, that the word crisis is dramatic, so they don't like to use it. Other people don't want to use the word crisis because they think it gives too much credit to the church. They think that if they use the word crisis, it implies that the church really meant something to them and they don't want the church to have that power. Some people don't want to use the word faith crisis because it's it implies that, and sometimes it's so funny, just everyone's thoughts about words is so interesting, but some like. Some people think that a faith crisis implies that there was a lack of effort on the part of the person who is having the crisis, that there was a lack of effort. And with the typical way the church defines faith and defines how to receive faith and talks about people in faith crisis, it would make sense that a faith crisis could imply that like someone... Like, didn't do enough work to keep their faith by that definition. But that's not how I think about those words at all, which <laughs> is so fascinating, right? We just interpret things so differently. For me, a crisis, I do agree that it kind of sounds dramatic, but I don't judge the drama. I don't think like, oh, I'm being dramatic and thinking about it in a like self deprecating way. Like, don't be dramatic. I think about it as like, yeah. It is dramatic, <laughs> but I can talk about it in an undramatic way. It is dramatic and it's also the best thing that ever happened. Right? Like it's turned me into the person I am today because I went through that post traumatic growth. So we get to decide what we think. To me, crisis in life is inevitable and it's difficult to get through life unscathed. I don't even think it's possible. So how we think about our crises, how we think about these big moments of change in our lives is important. And I don't think we need to brush over them. I think we can claim that it was a crisis if it is for you, right? If that's your experience, if you would genuinely describe it like that, I think we can own it. And you get to decide. Language is fluid. Language is personal. It's fascinating what our thoughts about words do. And the truth is, is we're all using the same words to convey wordless ideas. We don't all use words the same, but we use the same words to convey our different ideas of words and our experiences. Labels can be liberating and labels can imprison us. So I think about the word faith crisis and how some people use it for a time and move on. And the truth is, is like, if you use this term, like depending on your thoughts about it, you may feel stuck. You may feel stuck or you may feel feel powerless. And for a time it may be useful, but then later it becomes not useful. So I want to empower you to choose the language you prefer at each stage too, right? Your choices can change. I think about the words like victim, survivor. It just depends on the stage you're in And labels can be useful to start, but sometimes we can outgrow them. That's what happened to me with my mental health diagnoses. I was diagnosed with depression, NOS, generalized anxiety disorder, and obsessive compulsive disorder with like scrupulosity. And that was a decade ago. And I will say that for a time labels were useful in helping me make sense of my experience. And then then for these different labels at different times, I decided I don't really need them anymore. I don't like who I am when I think about my experience in that way. And so I'm not going to think about it that way anymore. Right, And that can be the same for you with faith crisis, transition, deconstruction, transformation, whatever it is. Like, What is the language that works for you now to describe your experience? How do you want to describe your experiences in the past? And just choose that on purpose. Claim your own authority when it comes to language. Many of us going through faith crisis, transition, deconstruction, are practicing learning how to claim our authority to be the person who makes the decisions in our own lives. And this is a great place to do it. What does faith crisis mean to you? How do you want to use that phrase? And claim that and own that, knowing it is going to be different than other people. And that's okay. You get to have your own back in how you use the word. For me, faith crisis means I use it in two different ways. (laughs) Like I said, with the example of flower, right? Sometimes when I use the term faith crisis, I mean the experience I had a decade ago with shock and where there was a catalyst and it was an absolute crisis to lose my current belief system. Or I sometimes use faith crisis just to describe the entirety of the experience of going from believer to confident in whatever belief system you end up landing on. Does that make sense? Because that's how I think many people use the term faith crisis in the church is the entirety of the experience. When for me, I typically think about it as just the beginning of the experience. I think it can be useful to use dictionary definitions as well, (laughs) just to get us all on the same page. The Oxford Languages Dictionary defines crisis as a time of intense difficulty, trouble, or danger, a time when difficult and important decisions must be made. They define transition as the process or period of changing from one state or condition to another, and they define deconstruction as a method of critical analysis and philosophical and literary language, which implies the internal workings of language and consumption. Conceptual systems, a relation quality of meaning and the assumptions implicit in forms of expression. So personally to me, faith crisis is the stage of going, f- the traumatized stage. It's the shock stage. It's going from believer to traumatized believer, right? Where there's that catalyst in between. Transition is the process of going to me from traumatized believer to Post Mormon, or going from believer to non believer and, and secular participant. Okay, so that's how I think about transition. And the deconstruction is to me the intentional, like taking apart of how our belief systems have affected us in all areas and what stones have been unturned, like exploring wait a minute, if I believed that Joseph Smith was a prophet, what does that imply in deconstructing everything around that? Or if I believed that I should be perfect, where does that show up in my life? If I believed that I had to be worthy to enter the most highly regarded levels of spirituality, where else does that show up for me? So, to me, that's what deconstruction means. I do want to kind of just share my experience with the word faith crisis. I use the word faith crisis very deliberately, even though oftentimes it seems like an unpopular way to describe this experience now, this full, whole experience. I use it because I went through my faith crisis a decade ago and there was not common language for this experience. Then there was not language for being a fully believing member to being traumatized to like going to disbelief and then changing how I live my life based on that. Um, There wasn't a common way to describe that process and so when I first heard the term faith crisis, I just felt so heard and so understood. And I immediately loved it because it felt like it perfectly described what I went through. In the last couple of years, it seems like the term faith transition has become more popular. And maybe that's just my perspective and what I'm seeing. I typically use both terms in my day-to-day life. Um, you'll hear both in this podcast. But I've been told by quite a few people that they don't like the term faith crisis or that they've outgrown it and they prefer the term transition. And that's fine. That's all fine and good. I I get that totally. Actually, I understand that personally. And to me, I want to keep the word faith crisis. I don't want that phrase to die out because to me, taking away the opportunity to use that phrase implies that the experience was not as traumatic as it was. I absolutely claim the term crisis, especially for the first part of my journey, because it did feel like a crisis to think that the world was only one way and find out that it wasn't. It did feel like a crisis to realize that I had made major life decisions based on a religion that I found out was not what I thought it was. I had staked my emotional health on it. I had staked my relationship with myself and my confidence on it. I had so much shame, <laughs> and I had staked so much on my beliefs. I had, I did have complete trust in the church, in God, in Jesus, in the leaders, in the prophets, in Joseph Smith. I had so much belief that losing that, I have to claim the word crisis for my past self, my past self who was just absolutely distraught. So I have to claim it for my 19-year-old self who initially went through the beginnings of this faith crisis. I have to claim it for the part of me just like I'd say about a year ago who decided to meet with the missionaries for six months. This is so recent, you guys. I met with the missionaries for six months as like a final straw because everything was falling apart and I'm the kind of person that goes all in <laughs> um so I met with the missionaries to like finalize like can I believe this is it possible for me to kind of start fresh and believe this and I have to claim crisis for the part of me that decided actually no <laughs> I can't salvage this and that was so hard. That was so hard. And everything that came with it in regards to my family relationships sucked. (laughs) So I have to claim it for myself. To me, it's a form of self-love to claim this terminology. And the truth is, is, like I said before, I can outgrow language. You can outgrow language. So I may or may not use the word faith crisis in the future, but for now... I absolutely claim it. And I encourage you to claim your own agency and authority with language. Be mindful that other people may not use language the word the way you do, and that's fine. They may not use it the way you do, and that's totally fine. We're all about claiming authority here. We're all about claiming agency and sovereignty. You do you. What do you want to think about how you describe this experience? How do you want to describe this process? How do you want to describe the different parts of it? I don't know what's right for you. Only you can know that. So how do you want to use language to your benefit in this experience of the faith crisis, transition, deconstruction, whatever you want to call it, and if you want to even use language at all? Okay, my friends, I will talk to you next time. Bye. Hey thanks for hanging out with me today. I'd love to stay in touch over on Instagram. So follow me at coach Josie Johnson and shoot me a DM when you do. It's not weird. I promise. I'd love to hear if there's a topic you want a podcast episode on that way I can make sure I'm helping you with whatever is top of mind right now. And if you liked this episode, don't forget to subscribe on whatever app you're using so that the podcast is easy to find in the future. Okay. Bye for now.